Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is the UN2N Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Yon Nguyen. And as you know, they call me the ninja. You can call me Ninja 2. This is the end-to-end podcast, the alpha to the omega, the beginning to the end, talking about life, motivation, inspiration, entrepreneurship, success, and offering you little morsels in this all-you-can-eat buffet called life. Excited to be back into the studio. Um, As many of you all know who've been following me on Instagram and Facebook and my socials, I just finished 75 Hard Reloaded. Reloaded as in this is the second run I've done in 2022. Uh, Finished it on the Friday of uh just past thanksgiving um and uh it was a tough one it was a tough one because if you follow my uh episode i forget what number i think it was 26 about the moral dilemma i in fact was on 75 hard for almost 103 days straight absent the two days i spent in vegas uh where uh, i celebrated a friend's 50th birthday so almost three over three and a half months almost of 75 hard and i will say um this time was uh was a uh, was kind of a beatdown, but in a very very good way. And let me get into that specifically and where we want to take this into 2023. So, um, lessons learned from this time. I mean, the fitness part not a big deal at all. Uh, the alcohol definitely not a big deal. Um, the water, the reading, just the, the individual elements of 75 hard uh, were not a big deal. And just to remind you, these were the things involved in 75 hard. The six components. One is um, you got to drink a gallon of water every day. Two, no alcohol uh, for 75 days. Three, you got to read 10 pages of a non-fictional real book uh, every day. Four, you got to exercise twice a day of 45 minutes each, one of which must be outdoors, and the two workouts can't be consecutive, so you have to have several hours separating the two. Um, You got to have a diet for whatever uh, fitness goal perhaps you want, you want like keto protein or whatever my specific diet was just ration rationing um uh, my proportions so ultimately by rationing my proportions i'm consuming fewer calories in totality uh and obviously i can't cheat on my diet so you cannot cheat on your diet with sweets or a meal in between or whatever the case may be and then finally and most importantly you got to take a selfie every day so for me all these elements having done it before weren't really a challenge again um you know, my regular routine, uh, I was doing this during what was uh, Squattober, so all throughout Squat uh, October, in August, of course, but there was no specific program for August and September, but Squattober, um, and then No Sleeve November, which myself and my personal trainer um, created, and then elements of, uh, and that took us through November, and actually now I'm doing December, uh, which is deadlifting heavily, but the workouts, my routine would be I'd wake up at 3 o'clock, And there's a reason why. Um, Immediately brush my teeth and take my selfie. So I already got that checklist out the way. Um, Would work out at 4 a.m., finish by 5, first workout. And that was with a group workout. All of us were doing Squattober and No Sleeve November. So that was easy and very highly motivating. um, and, And we were going heavy, lifting heavy. Come home, do my morning routine, everything like that. Um, Breakfast whatever, get ready for the day, meditate, pray, read, and do my reading, so my 10 pages, so by the time it was 8 o'clock, I'm already three elements in, Um, drinking a ton of water already, probably by that time, 40 ounces of water, so there's 128 ounces in a a gallon, so I'm already a third, almost a third third done, Um, by 8 o'clock, 8.30, I'm ready to go outdoors and take my walk, 
Okay, it's not consecutive because remember, I finished my workout at five. So I do my walk and then I go into the office. So by 10 o'clock, I'm practically done. Um, uh, and, and so that leads me to the first point was the benefit I received mostly out of this second reload round was time management. Time management um, beyond because uh, being motivated of ha- to do the 75 hard and then melding that in with the 4 a.m. Work, workout group, whereas normally I would wake up at 6, I actually work at, w- woke up at 3. So I got three extra hours in my day and knocked out a lot of the elements of 75 hard early. And so that allowed me to plan much more of a longer day um, and then plan more specifically to knock out the important elements on the, quote, power list of 75 hard uh, right out the gate. Okay, so for the balance of the day, all I need to do is watch my diet and um, consume the rest of the water, the water intake. The biggest challenge of, of 75 hard, I will say, this time around the reload was actually the same as what it was the first time. And that was just the mental endurance component. The mental endurance um, because, A, it was mentally harder this time because I knew I could, I could do the challenge. I could do the program because I had already done it. So the idea of what am I proving to myself by having doing it, um, that wasn't there. It wasn't a thing I had to prove to myself. Hey, I can do this. The reason I got into the reload was... Um, because I felt I needed some mental acuity and sharpness going into the end of the year and sprinting into 2023. Um, also, I felt physically I was getting a little bit soft, and so I needed to, I wanted to be sharp physically and mentally, and by those two combining, spiritually, getting mentally sharp, uh, getting sharp too going into 2023 um, and gearing up, because inherently. The wintertime work slows down a little bit because the industry slows down. And so our vibe and our, 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 just our, our energy slows down. And I didn't want that. I wanted to actually pick it up. So going into the winter uh, months, I wanted to knock out 75 hard and get sharper. And so I had to find an alternative motivation to push me through in the mentally tough times. Um, it was literally from day one groundhog day from the prior 75 hard thinking about it just you know going through it man i got to do these things lift heavy and so on and so forth it was just a mental uh mental grind and if you if you just envision just a uh, a big stone granite you know and all you had was just a little mini chisel and you had to smooth out the granite that that that's what it felt like you're just just pounding away. Um, so with that, with that, I had to approach it a little differently. So rather than looking at the totality of the 75 hard, I basically broke it down into smaller steps, kind of like the S-curve goals, how to hit your goals podcast. I forget which episode that was, but it was just breaking it down to little itty bitty steps one at a time. Knock this out, knock that out. You really, uh, if you focus on just the task, it really removes the idea of how you feel about the task. Okay, let me repeat that. If you focus on the task, and this is the importance of breaking things down in the steps. If you just simply focus on the task, you remove the 
emotion or the elements around that task. And so you just get it done. And what this reminded me of is um, uh, I was just asked this this weekend, you know, sort of what, how, how do you uh, actually at our, our annual uh, law firm meeting, um, we're talking about my background and having been in medicine. And, um, and, you know, one of my staff members asked me, how do you not, you know, just vomit at the sight of this gore and organs and blood and all this other stuff? Um, and how did I handle these high stress situations? Well, I'll, I'll retell a story. Um, in medical training, at least where I trained, you had to do um, a surgery rotation. And part of that surgery rotation was spending time in the ER, the emergency room. I did my medical training at U- University of Texas Southwestern in Dallas. And so our teaching hospital was Parkland, um, which is the county hospital. And Parkland is famous because uh, that's where JFK was taken. JFK Jr. was uh, JFK was taken uh, when he um, got assassinated um, in the 60s. Um, but in any case, uh, my rotation in the ER one night, um, and we're doing, you know, uh, 48, 72 hours call where you're at the hospital the whole time. But I remember, recall one episode where um, a gentleman came in with, I think, three or four gunshot wounds to the chest. Um, very low probability of surviving. But what happens is when there's gunshot wounds and bleeding everywhere, the first priority is to identify the spots of bleeding and try to tie them off. Now, I'm, as a, a student in training, I'm the low man on the totem pole. Totem pole. So there's the senior attending physician, the resident physicians, the senior nurses, and so on and so on. And so I'm there kind of low on the totem pole. So they're cutting this guy open, trying to stop all the bleeding. And uh, I, you know, the access, because he'd lost so much blood, the, the, the access to his uh, blood system was shot. And so the only place to access it, actually, there's an, uh, uh, a vessel that runs above your foot. Um, and there's a catheter there. But because the vein is so small, someone has to actually hold the catheter to get, you know, to administer the saline and antibiotics and so on and so forth. So I was tasked with just holding the catheter on this guy's foot um, while everybody else is trying to manage the bleeding. Well, ultimately, he starts to bleed out so much that they had to perform, at least in that jargon, was called a Buick hood. And it is what it sounds like. So they, um, the survival for the Buick hood is very low probability. It's very, very small, but it was the last ditch effort in trying to save this guy. So basically, a Buick hood is where they... Um, there's a technical term, and I forget what it is, but we called it a Buick hood. Um, you, cut it, you cut the body across here, and you open up the chest like, uh, like a hood on a car. Um, and so uh, we did that, um, or the senior physicians did that, senior surgeons, um, while I'm still holding the catheter on the top of the foot. Um, and the guy, you know, they try to still find the bleeders, but he's just bleeding from too many places. But during that time, he starts to code. Code meaning he's flatlining, um, uh, about to die. So the head physician says, we need somebody to palpate the heart or massage the heart. And typically in a CPR response, that's putting your hands on the chest and doing the chest compressions. Somebody's tasked to do that. Well, this guy's chest is wide open. Everybody's too busy doing their own thing. Um, and so nobody responds to the head physician. And so naturally, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he basically says, get your hands in there and massage the heart. So I let go of the catheter. I'm hands in this guy's chest, just, you know, with my palms around his heart, massaging the heart, giving him a heart, heart rate, heartbeat. 
Um, and so I say this um, because you can imagine if you had emotions during that time as the person having to perform the task, I don't know how you would react. You would, might faint, you might throw up, you might vomit, you might, you know, you might personalize it and then not be able to perform the task. But if you stay focused on the task, hey, put your hands in this guy's chest and just squeeze his heart. That's all I thought about. I didn't think about, man, this, this sucks. This is a bad scenario. He's going to die. This, none of those thoughts entered my mind, which would evoke an emotion. You understand? So this was task at hand, do the task. And in fact, that was the whole environment of the uh, personnel in that, in that um, ER bay. Everybody was so f dialed in on the task that there was no room for emotion. Um, and so I find that relevant because, A, high-functioning teams, high-performing teams, high-functioning individuals, high-performing individuals, they focus on the immediate task at hand, knowing that there's a bigger goal um, in the background, right? In this case, stop the bleeder, save this guy's life. But to do that, you had to perform each individual task as an individual and as a member of the team. And that creates high-performance scenarios. Um, and so there's no room for emotion or else one, if somebody started feeling, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, well, my gosh, this guy's going to die, da, da. All of a sudden you have a, a, a loose uh, link in the chain and things can fall apart. And inevitably, uh, you know, the worst outcome might happen. But as it relates to 75 hard, because it's 75 days, six tasks each, and it's a grind, it's a mental grind, I could sit there on day 33 and say, man, this sucks. I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Why am I sacrificing all these things? And gosh, you know, all these emotional thoughts, which serve no purpose when there's an immediate task at hand and a bigger goal at stake, right? Again, my goals were to come, in, go, to come into the winter months sharp so that I can start 2023 sharp. Um, and so, uh, and be the best that I can be for myself, my family, my, my, uh, businesses, the people I employ, I need to be sharp almost at all times. So, um, with a bigger goal in mind, I don't have time to think about that. I just got to think about the task at hand. Let's get in the workout. Let's get the photo in. Let's go do the, read the 10 pages. Exhausted as I am, as tired as I am, as beat down as I am got to perform the task. Now, in retrospect, this was the best, you know, of the two, this was the better 75 hard because I took it a little bit more aggressive this time on the fitness. And literally I was, I am, was in the best shape that I've ever been, even including uh, playing sports in, in high school and some in college. I literally was the best in the best shape that I could possibly be simply by focusing on the very, very specific task at hand and managing my time wisely. Um, now, since then, it's been about three or four weeks. Uh, and, and in the aftermath, um, there have been various uh, anecdotes about the aftermath of 75 hard. Most people on day 76, they just, have, they, just, they just go crazy. They start smashing the booze, eating the sugars, and so on. And that is the worst thing that you could do, the reaction to that, because essentially you've detoxed your body entirely over 75 days. Straight, you're fully hydrated, no booze, no sugars. You're, you're as clean, as, as primed as you can be. And on the 76th day, if you hit it too hard, you are just going to crash 
you're just going to jack up your insulin levels, your whole biochemistry, and you're just going to crash hard. That I did not do, even though there were eight pies left over from Thanksgiving. Um, it was kind of moderation, you know, have a cocktail, one, just to celebrate the holidays, a glass of wine, actually. Um, and then, you know, a, a, a sliver of a pumpkin pie, not even a slice. It was a sliver just to get the flavor. Um, but over the course of the few weeks, you know, um, uh, it's surprising because to me, I kind of lost the desire or taste for alcohol. Despite, you know, drinking a little bit here or there. Uh, I took my wife out for a birthday dinner this weekend, um, you know, limited to two drinks, whereas in the past I would be throwing down four, five, six drinks. Um, it just didn't feel like I needed it, actually. So it was more of a casual social drink than like craving I need to have a drink so that I can, you know, be out of my normal thought thought process. Um Similar with the sweets, I don't have the craving for the sweets this second time around as I did after the first time. Um, you kind of just, your body just gets tuned out of it and, and doesn't have a need for the sweets or those type of things. So, you know, while I, in the past, I'm, like I said, I might have had a whole slice of pie or would have crushed half a pie, just had a sliver. And on occasional, I would just, you know, put the fork in the pie and just grab a bite actually and just say, okay, that's good enough. Um, there's no craving for these things. And so I will say that having done 75 hour twice, it really ratcheted up my mental acuity and mental awareness about what my body actually wants and needs. Um, and so that has carried me this far. Now, that being said, uh, I've, if I was at 100% peak uh, physical shape, finishing 75 hard, I feel like I'm at a 90 at this point. I'm still pushing hard in the weights, still working out at 4 a.m. with my group, uh, still doing the outdoor, still reading. I'm, pre I'm practically doing 75 hard still, except for the alcohol and an occasional sweet. But, um, but I'm, I've felt that it's notched down a little bit af after uh, three weeks having finished. So what does that mean? Well, that means is that we're reloading again. So there's got to be a trilogy 75 hard that's starting January 1st. So um, this time around, I've invited more people to join me in an accountability to each other. There's actually already 12 people agreed into the group. Uh, I think I'm going to expect five or six more. But to you, my listening audience, if you're interested in 75 Hard, whether you've done it before or this is your first time doing it, I will say it's a little bit more achievable. Once you decide you're going to finish, uh, you're going to hit this wall uh, day 20-ish, where it feels like Groundhog Day every single day. When you have an accountability group like that, where you're sending pictures or you're sending, you know, your screenshot of your completed day or what book you're reading or when you're working out, you send a video clip or whatever, A, it's really motivating. B, it tells you you're not alone doing this, even though there are millions of people around the world doing it at the same time. And C, it, you, it, it's not, mis, you know, misery loves company, but, you know, you're, you're surrounded by meaningful, high-purpose individuals targeted on the same goal, which is becoming the best person you can be, right? Best person you can be. And that is the important thing about 75 Hard. The most important thing is that if you become the best you can be and you're surrounded by people who want to be the best they can be, if everybody is the best they can be, 
you have no choice but to be successful. Literally, you have no choice but to be successful. And so as, you know, Andy would say, as a society becomes the best that they can be, society will be successful. And that starts with each one of us individually. So if you have an interest to do 75 hard, join us. Send me an email or reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a direct DM, uh, N2NPodcast, N2NPodcast, or send me an email, ask at the N2NPodcast.com. I'll add you into the WhatsApp accountability uh, chat group. And January 1st, we're at it. And, and bear in mind that if, if through this process you fail and start over, it's okay because you'll have the rest of the group to help pull you along and let you know it's okay. A lot of people fail. In fact, there's one guy in my group who already knows he's going to fail. It's kind of like a predestined thing where he, he's closing a multi-hundred million dollar deal. He said, look, we closed the deal in January. I'm going to Vegas with the executive team. I'm going to party my ass off, and rightfully so. But he knows he's going to fail. So he's saying, I'm going to do it for 30 days, close the deal, party my ass off for a week, and restart again. Wonderful. That's great because we'll all be here to help him along once he restarts. Same thing with you. If you're interested, there's no shame. There's no embarrassment. We are here for each other to pick each other up, uh, to give to each other advice, encouragement, um, and to let you know that you're not alone in this challenge to become the best you can be. Because we all want each other to be the best we can be. So 75 Hard the Trilogy starting January 1st. If you want to be a part of it, reach out to me. I'll add you to the WhatsApp uh, accountability group. But overall, that's my been in my experience on the 75 Hard Reload. Um, time management, breaking it down to the individual tasks. Um, it was a good one. And, you know, it was peak performance, peak body, uh, peak physical shape, peak mental acuity for me. And I am excited to, uh, to reload on, on the trilogy and see where that can take me because I've got big plans for 2023, and I hope you join the journey with me. Um, so if you found this episode valuable, please share. Most importantly, share the episode. If you found any of my past episodes, please share, share the episode. Uh, that's the only way we're growing our organic audience, which is reaching in the several thousands now. And I'm so pumped and grateful for everyone listening and, and watching on YouTube. Um, if you liked what you heard, found value in any way, please like, comment, share, follow, subscribe. Turn on your notifications so that when an episode um, gets released, you're notified. Um, N2N Podcast. N number 2N Podcast on all, all platforms. Again, for our prolific Q&A, if you have any questions you want me to answer, Ask, A-S-K, at the N2NPodcast.com. It's great talking to you and sharing about my 75 Hard Reload experience. Hopefully, you'll join me on the 75 Hard Trilogy, and I'll look forward to bringing you another episode very, very soon.